this is Turf Surf from the incredible podcast of Amazing Awesomeness, and you're listening to Versus of the World Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Just cuddle. No! Well, it really is a screwdriver and it's something. It's Friday! Welcome to another illness-ridden and hopefully technical difficulty-free episode of Alpha Geek Fridays. I am Todd Whitehead, also known as The Other Todd, sometimes referred to as Gnome Wise. Joining me through the miracle of the interwebs, my man from Canada, Joel Duggan. Joel, how are you? Good morning, good morning. I'm doing great, sir. I want to apologize in advance to everyone for the uh, state of my voice and for the inevitable coughs that are going to occur during this episode. I am on the tail end of a really persistent uh, bug that has set up shop in my lungs and built a little camp there and has indicated its intentions of staying for a while. So I'm heavily medicated, which always makes for an entertaining show, but also... uh, don't quite sound like myself, though I, I, I feel like I sound much sexier. Joel, are, <laughs> are you fighting the urge to lunge through the Skype connection and kiss me? Mm, no. Damn it. <laughs> I'll have to try it on the women. Women. Women yes, who are listening. Women folk, women folk might be more inclined to jump through their microphones. Um, I, however, am not. Despite how polite Canadians usually are. <laughs> no time. Not today. Nope. Not no, just that would not be, your scene. That would be a negative, sir. Negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. Yes, that's true. Great reference. So, the Alpha Geek Fridays brand new broadcast rig has been rebuilt yet again. <laughs> yes, Murphy is my co-pilot. Third time is a charm. Oi and ve. So yes, apparently. Uh, just because a hard drive is brand new does not necessarily mean that it's defect-free. So, if you were listening last week live, you got to hear the sounds of a broadcast rig circling the drain in real time, live on the air, while its hard drive barfed up a lung. So, that's been replaced. The operating system and all the software has been re reinstalled and re-repatched back to most current version all the, quote, known bugs, end quote, that we discovered about uh, Sam Broadcaster have been patched and worked around. And the fact that you can hear the sultry sound of my voice means the damn thing is working. 
And it's going Success. to stay that way. Victory! <laughs> victory is mine! Or Man's yours, victory over his own creation. Ha ha. <laughs> I feel ridiculously uh, good about that. Dance, dancing around the Sam broadcaster. Look what I have created! Mm, I have made broadcast! Ah. <laughs> the bits, they are streaming. Yeah, this is me on cough meds. Oh yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> Though I was actually uh, sick earlier this week myself. It's just it's that happy time. I, mean, I work in IT, and I work mm. for myself for a lot of other companies. So I do the rambling tour of mm, right the germ-ridden sea of humanity. So I'm, I'm guaranteed to catch everything that there is to catch every season. I always get my flu shot, and it never does a damn bit of good. It probably does a damn bit of good, but I get every other strain that they didn't protect against, because yeah. that's yeah, just I, how I roll. I find that I, I don't get sick very often. It's usually maybe once a year, once every couple years, because I did make that switch, and I now move, I would now work from home. Uh, when I was working in an animation studio, though, uh, I was a supervisor, either as a production manager or an animation supervisor, which means going and making the rounds and sitting at everybody's computer, and you eventually do have to touch the keyboard for something, yep. and it just, you know, it's, it's it's foul. I mean, there's more germs on a keyboard than there is in a toilet seat, for Pete's sake. So uh, that became a problem. And it was funny because you'd have, like, there was two floors, actually, in, in Copernicus when I was there, which is a local studio here in Halifax. And uh, the people upstairs all had like a sinus cold and the people downstairs had like a different kind of like a sore throat ENT sort of thing. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny because you, you, it would stay to each floor. It didn't actually cross over. Like it was one crew got one bug and the other crew got the other bug because that's just how it was circulating. And it was, it was kind of interesting to watch, but kind of scary at the same time. Cause I mean, within a week, Half the crew was ill. It was really, really bad. Um, yeah. Earlier this week, for me, actually, it was just like a stomach bug, so it was uh, come and gone in, in a matter of about 48 hours, so that was good. See, I would, I would trade you. I would rather have, even with the crippling pain and the vomiting and the fluids jetting out of various orify, <laughs> I'd I was rather... To avoid that, but thank you. <laughs> it's Friday. This is how we roll. <laughs> um, but the fact that it, it really is kind of a compressed time frame... As opposed to this, which has just been going on for days and days and mm-hmm. days, and yeah, I was slow I would rather, departure from my lungs. Like, no, get just get the hell out. Yeah, I am a bit of a baby when it comes to sore throats and uh, the like. Um, but <laughs> when it comes to being sick, eh, whatever, I can deal with it. Um, I, the one issue that I do have, uh, I don't like fevers, and thankfully, I didn't have one of those um, because fevers make it impossible for me to sleep. Uh, and uh, and I have nightmares, and it's it's always really bad. And actually, it's kind of like my my telltale sign. Like if I wake up from a really bad dream, you know, like heart pumping, and the adrenaline's flowing, and you're out of breath, and you're just like, oh shit, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 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 sick, you know. And then you realize as soon as you sit up, and you can you can you can take in that. Um, Taking the, what's the word I'm looking for? The itinerary. You know, like uh-huh. you do the self-check and you're just like, oh, no, I really don't feel that good. <laughs> yep. It sucks. No, I've just, I've just, health and life lately has been beating me about the head and neck. I had 
this regular knee problem that I get, which kind of comes on suddenly and then slowly fades away. So I had that messing with my mobility, and that was just kind of waning and going out, just in time to get the full body aches and pain of this illness. Like, really? Really, life? I mean, no. Yeah. Never a dull moment. There's an ancient Chinese curse that goes, may you live in interesting times. <laughs> Never forget that that's a curse. Yeah. Is that the same as like a, a, a fortune cookie? So it's like, may you live in interesting times in bed. See that? I'll take. Yeah, I'm on board. See, I've always known that as the Bruno translation, because Bruno is the one who taught me it. So, yes, the in-bed translation for all. Most, I've rarely hit a fortune that did not uh, benefit from the addition of the Bruno translation. <laughs> yeah. In bed. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, there's a comedian who was doing a bit that you can make any phrase extremely creepy just by appending the phrase or the, the term ladies to the end of it. So, hey, let's all go back <laughs> to my place. Ladies. Nice. That's, yeah. That, that is true. You can really make it's it Time creepy. to go get some coffee. Ladies. <laughs> Weird, but still creepy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you need like a, a hoodie and a scruffy beard and a you know <laughs> seedy look in the corner of a playground. Gonna really kind of irk people out. I am far too old to be a young hipster. Yeah, I had the hipster beard up until yesterday. Really? And then were you attacked by a shaver? No, well, no, I wasn't attacked. I uh, I, I grew tired of it. I got bored. Um, which is basically how the beard started, was out of boredom. Um, but I trimmed it down. I now have... Uh, I'm rocking what I like to call the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, really? Now, which Obi-Wan Kenobi iteration are you referring to? Um, probably the Ewan McGregor, because I don't have enough gray to pull ah. off uh, the episode four. What was his name? I'm losing geek credit here um, by the second. Uh, Sir, Sir Alec Guinness? Sir Alec Guinness, yes. Yes? Wow. Yes, uh, you that. got it. Okay. I, I always have to remember the Sir first because it has like that cadence to it when you right. say his name. I like, know this. But Sir Ian Holm and yeah. Sir Patrick yeah. Stewart and all those yeah. other is Sirs. Patrick Stewart a Sir now? Yes, he is. But I, I don't think I knew that. He, I believe, has re- uh, researched that real quick, but I am almost certain huh, cool. that he's gotten his knighthood. I did not know that. I knew Elton John did. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I wasn't sure about Patrick Stewart. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I just, I, I had not shaved since um, New Year's Eve, so I had quite, a, quite a bit of, of uh, beard going on, and uh, I decided to. Uh, it was becoming distracting. I'm not used to it, so I decided to trim it down so that it doesn't like. What's the word I'm looking for? Not tangle, but just kind of um, bunch or scruff up sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I trimmed it back to my to back to my jawline, and that uh, it seems to have alleviated the problem. Um, but now I, it's funny because now I have this really thick but trim beard, <laughs> so I feel like it, it does sort of have this like Jedi feel to it, which uh, I wish I was playing Tor because then I would be a full on Jedi. No, Although go, I, go I would Sith. probably, yeah, I would say I would be I would go Sith, and they don't usually have facial hair, do they? They're all over the map, really. Yeah, I'm yeah. just. Well, I mean, Darth Maul didn't. Darth no. Sidious didn't. Uh, None of the Darths we've seen did. ever did. Hmm. Though I always suspected Darth Vader was rocking like the uh, ZZ Top beard underneath all the gear. <laughs> well, he was bald. Like he had. No yeah. Hair. He he was kind of scorched down to nothing. Oh, that's right. That's why he has no hair. Is because he was all burnt and 
crispy, right? Mm, oh, mom, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't even remember Sith with any long hair. Like you, I, mean, I suppose we um, saw so few Sith in the you know, yeah. movies. Yeah, of the sample. Well, Sidious, size I small. guess, is the only one that actually had it. Uh yeah, because uh, no, Tyrannus had uh, Christopher Lee's character had a beard. Is that Tyrannus? Yeah. Count Dooku. All oh, right. Well, Count Dooku was, was Count, Count Dooku was secretly Darth Tyrannus. Right, 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 right. Because right. uh, what's his name? Yeah, Jango right. Fett said he was recruited by a man named Tyrannus. Right, and Anna, um, Anakin had long hair at first. Had he not had the accident, he probably would have kept it. And Ian Holm has got curly hair. So yeah, okay, I, I guess. It, it could happen. The debates that you have around the geeky water cooler. Welcome to our world. <laughs> There's a reason why this is called Alpha Geek, okay? Mm-hmm. We are leading the charge. Can you be as nerdy as we? I think not. Actually, in lots of areas, people can out nerd me. You have to you have to pick your pick your zone because there are so many so many things you can geek out about. That's one of the things I love about just the term, the concept of of being geeky about something is it it's just taking anything to a wonderful extreme. And you can be you can be a, a sports geek as much as you can be a Star Wars geek. I love it. Mm. And there's so much crossover too. I mean, I, I think, um, man, one of my favorite um, podcasts this year has to be, um, oh wow, I just FSL blank. Yes, FSL um, tonight with uh, Tom Merritt and Justin Robert Young because they're both geeks, but they're both sports fans, and then they have that geek stat mm-hmm. kind of interest with sports stats and all that kind of stuff, which is such a big thing with baseball, and I've never been into baseball, so therefore I've never really been into stats. Right. Um, but man, that's a fun show. Uh, FSL Tonight is such a fun, well-written, kind of clever little podcast. And they, I, I'm going to hazard a guess that they ad-lib a lot of it, and they're just both so good at that that it's uh, it's really, really fun. It's a good crossover, I think, between sports and sci-fi. Yeah, there's just, there's so not enough hours in the world for all the really good content that's being created out there. Mm. Um, oh, I agree. I've, I mean, I, I still, I'm driving less for my work. Cause that was always my, my refuge when driving was the, was podcasts. And, but I, I can just about plow through the content from versus the world, frog pants and twit. And I mean, that's an entire week worth of intensive listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so add and and I I've, I've never actually gotten I I, I want to listen to Sword and Laser more and I don't have time. I want to listen to FSL and I haven't had time. It's just a matter of priorities and oh yeah, I have these kids I need to raise and I guess mm-hmm. I'll put them above podcast listening on my list. I, I, I think my priorities are screwed is my problem. One thing I did really enjoy about FSL cuz I actually did a short review on it on the Citadel Cafe with uh, Peyton and Chad a little while ago is that it's a short podcast. I think one of the the season ender shows was an hour, but most of the time it's like 15 minutes. See, and I'm suspecting there may be an increasing niche for exactly that kind of you know as I sit around trying to think of uh the kinds of content people might want to listen to is mm. uh short bursts and the guys over uh on um uh, Indeed podcast um, do this pretty pretty regularly where when they have just a short topic that really isn't worthy of an entire show, they'll just put out a, a tiny little baby episode and put it in their RSS feed and say, here's this thing that we wanted to talk about, but 
we'll just, we're going to give you just that topic in condensed form and move on. And I think that's a, a pretty darn good idea. I'm just wondering if you know you could do an, an entire show that was nothing but short snippets. Um, from a mm-hmm. production standpoint, it's a little daunting because that's a lot of days worth of production instead of sitting down on a day and doing a whole bunch. Yeah, and I think um, Scott and Tom experimented with Alpha Geek when they not Alpha Geek. Uh, I'm on Alpha Geek. They yeah, experimented with Hello. what is it? Uh, uh, current Geek. Current Geek. Thank you. Uh, and they were doing either daily or three times weekly. They were little 15 minutes or 10 minute snippets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then they tried recording them all in one day. Then they tried recording it on Twit and having it be like an hour long show. And I just, they ended up, I mean, the best home for it ends up being this, this little call in segment that Tom does every Wednesday on the morning stream. And I, mm-hmm. it's funny how, how you have to kind of find the right home for the kind of content that you're delivering. And yep. I, it's one thing I really like about podcasting is that you can actually, it's like a sketch, you know, like if it doesn't work the first time, well, you can just throw another piece of paper down and refine it a little bit and, you know, start over, make it bigger. Like it just, it can really, it has kind of this organic feel to it. And uh, and what I like about the podcasting community is that everybody tends to understand that. I mean, you're going to have your people that get upset when you change a show time or you change a show length or something like that. But for the most part, people understand that you're kind of putting this out there at no real cost to them. And, you know, if it fluctuates, it fluctuates, you know. Life does indeed happen. Yeah. Well, things like kids and yes. the flu and all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> I wanted to uh, throw out there my Netflix find of the week. Uh, I found a documentary of all things, and oh, cool. uh, remind me to tell you the story of what of what that did to my Netflix suggests queue uh, when we're done with this bit. Um, sure. But the. Um, documentary was on Mr. Harlan Ellison. Now, if you don't know who Harlan Ellison is, he is an old school science fiction writer. Okay. Sixties, uh, seventies era was quite the mover and shaker in society in general. But he is also just a fascinating individual. He's also a curmudgeon of the highest order. Um, he uniformly speaks his mind directly without filters, um, and doesn't mind making a scene to make a point, lets the world know very clearly how he feels about things, um, and makes him an extremely entertaining and refreshing individual, if a little painful to watch, uh, sometimes. The documentary is called Dreams with Sharp Teeth. It's available on Netflix live streaming right now. Uh, it was actually released quite recently. And is I stumbled across it completely by accident and was completely fascinated by it. Um, cool. So definitely I highly recommend uh, people go and check that one out. It's the Dreams with Sharp Teeth documentary about the life and times of Harlan Ellison. Um, now shortly after that since I share my Netflix queue with the rest of the family. Uh, my Netflix recommends that the, the top 10 for Todd section has been getting routinely more and more psychotic. <laughs> it has multiple personality disorder because it doesn't know who the hell I am. So in my top 10 recommendation queue adjacent to each other was the documentary behind deep throat 
immediately adjacent to an episode of The Wonder Pets, which, if you don't know, is a preschooler's uh, little talking animal show. Mm. And I was like, WTF, Netflix? Did, did, did this not set off any alarms that one of these things is not like the others? <laughs> yeah, um, really, though. Really? Uh, really? Yeah, that's okay. That's weird. I mean, obviously, the algorithm is just doing its job, quote unquote. It's but trying, but it, I've yeah. I've confused it. More like a word association game than actual content. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that I, I find that happens a lot too. What was I doing the other day on? Uh, oh, I've been doing research for um, some of the the toy designs I'm working on for a client, and um, it's all about. Uh, I have to draw a tiger, basically. And um, some of my favorite tiger designs are from Disney. So I was doing searches for, like, you know, tiger, Disney. I looked up, um, oh, I can't remember the tiger's name right off the top of my head. Raja. I had a really hard time. Raja, thank you, from Aladdin. Uh, also, Shere Khan from Jungle Book, stuff like that. And I had my Google search set to uh, moderate. And it was, I don't want to say impressive, but it was a lot of inappropriate images that came up you know that were still cartoons but you know when you're searching for something as innocent as like your cute cartoon tiger and you get tiger penis and you're just like whoa why why is this happening and uh, uh, the I, internet yeah yeah but it just it was there was so much of it so i mean even google can't seem to sort out you know the, just the word association game I, I mean i suppose that the people that are putting out these inappropriate images are probably you know um index bombing, you know, all their search right. words and yeah, stuff Google like that. So it, yeah, so it's probably not Google's fault, but it's just, wow. So until we get a, a proper way to search for image content, you know, like I think Google could search for like colors and things like that, mm -hmm. but until you can actually have an algorithm that can identify this what's is a in the picture, what's in the picture, you know, and there's no nudity and stuff like that. But technically yeah, if there's so. a tiger in there that's violating a woman, there's still a tiger in the picture. Yeah, true. <laughs> and rule true. thirty-four, no exceptions. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned um, documentaries actually, because I've been noticing documentaries uh, popping up more uh, on my my Netflix suggested viewing. And one of the things that I'm going to be checking out, especially because in Canada, uh, I know I complain sometimes about the Netflix content up here. Uh, we do get a lot of crossover with the BBC, and there's some really great documentaries about wildlife from the BBC. And one of the books I finished recently, which was The Art of Animal Character Design by David Coleman, uh, who does a lot of stuff for uh, Disney and um, I want to say Cartoon Network and stuff like that as well. And uh, he... Um, he recommended, you know, drawing from life, drawing from zoos, all that kind of stuff. And if you can't, you know, queue up a documentary. And while you're sitting there and watching it, uh, do some sketching and do some life drawing. So, uh, so Netflix documentaries now have a much higher uh, rank in my queue than they used to after that kind of revelation. And it's one of those things where you're like, I don't know why I didn't think about that before. Yeah, this was, I mean, in hindsight, it always, oh, well, of course, why, why wouldn't I? But I didn't for years, so apparently there is a reason why I wouldn't. Yeah. I, well, see, I think it's for me, like, I, I would think I would try to look up, um, if I wanted to see how a tiger moves, I would probably look it up on YouTube. I would probably try to find, you know, video tiger references, like, specifically for artists and animators online. And that kind of search function makes me think Google Internet, not Netflix, you know? 
so so yeah i just i'm I'm looking forward to you know inviting a couple artist friends over you know having a couple of beer and uh and drawing some some wildlife and stuff like that i think it'd be kind of fun see my mind could go so many places with that i'm getting a group of my artist friends together and we're gonna drink some beers and then we're gonna i mean what do artists do when they let their hair down apparently they draw wildlife <laughs> Well, it's what I like about being in a group like that when you're drawing is that the creative, um, I guess, creative juices as, as you know, if to, for the lack of a better term, um, it, it's always interesting to see what other people are doing with the same images that you're seeing. Uh, it's, it's akin to having a life drawing class where people are going to be looking at the model from a different angle. They're going to be seeing something different, feeling something different from the way that the weight is uh, um, shifting or, or the gesture and stuff like that. People's drawing styles are different. So I find that you can always learn more from people in the room than you can sometimes from an instructor or even from the subject matter. So that's why. Plus, it's a good excuse to, you know, get out of the house and hang out at somebody's place with, you know, a sketchbook and have a couple drinks and socialize. Now, speaking of life drawing, I am now the uh, proud owner of a Joel Duggan original online avatar. If you follow mm. me on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, follow me on the Versus the World forums, you will see my shiny new caricature of, of myself. And the fact that you felt the need to give me a double chin is reminding me I need to hit the gym. Because <laughs> that's a, a double that's chin. A, yeah, well, you, you had to indicate the the shape That's that is my neck. So you, yeah. I'm not criticizing you because you did an accurate uh, caricature of my actual neck, and I realized, okay, I need to drop those 15 pounds. <laughs> so thank you for that motivation. You're welcome, I think. I think. Um, well, I'm glad that you like it. Uh, it's uh, It was a lot of fun to do. And uh, it, it's one of those weird things where you run into the... I, I did a, a charity auction a little while ago where I was drawing people as animals. And uh, the idea was, you know, you came over to me, you gave me $10 that would all go to the charity. And I would draw you very quickly as your favorite animal. You know, bunny, beaver, bear, bird, whatever. And people would usually, especially younger people, would come up and say, I want to be a bobcat or I want to be a wolf or something really. Mm-hmm. you know. But adults were kind of more casual about it. And they're like, well, draw me as whatever you want and you kind of have to think mm. <laughs> I don't know if I want to fall into this trap because you it's really a trap. look like a turtle yeah <laughs> yeah like you really look like a turtle I don't know if you're going to be flattered that I think that you look like a turtle <laughs> mm. you know so uh, you're going straight to, to hell for that one yeah so it, it's it's uh, it was a little bit touchy so uh, with with the star-crossed uh, avatars that I'm doing I'm just basically drawing people as if they would appear in the star-crossed comic so that makes it um, people kind of have a very good idea of what the end result is going to be mm-hmm. so it's fairly straightforward so yeah, and we it's have, a we have samples of your apple, not a double chin I know I know but I really ah. do when I tip my head it's it's depressing <laughs> I am an old 40 something nerd and proud of it Indeed. Well, I'm, I'm inching that direction. I'll be 33 next month. Yeah, that 30, 41, 33, one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> like, you know, after once you're over 30, the, the perspective is all very similar. I mean, you're only as old as you feel. Oh, God, I'm ancient. <laughs> only because, only because I yeah. feel like yeah. hammered crap because all this, the, the cold medicine in my system and just yes, wanting yeah. to be well and- again. Ask All right, let's, your other knee how old you are. Yeah. Let's move forward here to sure. Nerds in the News. Nerds in the News. All right. In our Nerds in the News, we have our research thread. 
And participants this week include ah, one of the my favorite names to say on the air, as usual, Boba Fetish. See, it sounds even better when I'm sick. <laughs> i got to record that, Boba Fetish. I was making him a drop-in since I, when I was the closest to James Earl Jones I'm ever going to get is at this point in my illness and Boba Fetish. And Fangs with a Z, and it's the Z that makes it cool, uh, gave us all kinds of fun stuff to uh, fuel our discussions this week. And now you had an observation and a question, so uh, why don't you talk about uh, Roku and Canadia? Well, yeah, I just, I've been noticing all this talk we've been doing about Netflix, and uh, I've been really enjoying Netflix on my Apple TV, but I noticed that Roku announced uh, last year that they're set to be available in Canada this year, in 2012. I don't know when yet. Uh, I think I saw an article somewhere that said either in the first or second quarter, um, but I couldn't find that to reference for the show today. Um, but I, I, I'm curious, like, in the States, do, like, do you have a Roku and an Apple TV? Because I think you said you do. I do not have an Apple TV. I got a Roku instead. Oh, you have actually, a Roku. I actually have two Roku boxes now, one upstairs, okay. one downstairs. So the first appeal is that, you know, you can get into Roku for 50 bucks. Uh, if mm-hmm. you want a really souped-up version, you can go all the way to $100, which is the same price point as the Apple TV in the States, yes? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you can do the conversions, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the question that I have is, like, how are they different? How I mean, is it just content, or is it... Apple TV is a front-end for iTunes. That is its primary reason for existing. Not my primary usage. I actually use it more for podcasting and Netflix. Right. Well, I'm saying the... And you're using the the lesser percentage of what it does. So you do have the Netflix capability built in. And Mm -hmm. now the podcasts are are still going through your iTunes subscriptions, correct? No. Um, I could listen to them that way if I tuned in. Like the, the things that you can do on the Apple TV, you can hook up to your home network and listen to podcasts that way, or you can actually go into the podcast section on Apple TV and subscribe on the TV to Directly. video podcasts. And I do that with a lot of Twitch shows, which is cool because then it'll give you like little dots next to the ones that are new, and you can mm-hmm. um, watch them there and, and, and that kind of stuff. Now, obviously, the disadvantage there is that it doesn't... Um, feed into your iTunes account on your desktop and tell you, oh, you've listened to that one, oh, oh you've watched that one. Right. However, what I've done is I realized, well, I don't watch video podcasts on my laptop very often or on my iPhone very often. When I do, I usually am sitting in the living room or I'm in the kitchen ki- uh, cooking and having it on the TV. So all of my video shows are now associated with the Apple TV and all of my audio podcasts are kind of cross-platform. Mm-hmm. Um so with but I mean with with Apple TV I still have access to Vimeo, YouTube, Netflix, um, a couple of other sites that I didn't recognize, um, and then like you said, there's the iTunes Store for renting movies. There's the, um, the new Music Sync, iCloud. What's it called? Um, iTunes Sync. iTunes Sync is it iTunes Sync? Yeah, iTunes Sync is yeah. the tool yeah, the service to synchronize yeah. up to iCloud. Yes. Yeah. So and so those are the big things that it has. So, but Roku has other subscriptions available. Mm-hmm. That's and that's the advantage is it, it is outside the walled garden of Apple's system. So right. they, they the the two products definitely overlap mostly. 
Um, mm. The a major advantage of the Apple TV is it uh, is a host for AirPlay, so your iOS devices can stream their content to your television through the uh, through the Apple TV. Yes, as long as it's I on the same say, home network. Which is, I have to say, is a great way of getting around the need to have a browser on the Apple TV. Right. Because I was thinking to myself, like, man, this would be so cool if I could, you know, watch live internet stuff on the Apple TV. And then I went, wait a minute, I can. I tuned into Twit on the phone, and I threw the AirPlay up on the TV, looked and sounded great. Yep. Um, but I was also impressed that it didn't kill the battery on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like it was just normal usage. It was really not even. It's just driving like the radio. Even, yeah, it didn't even blink. Like it yep. just that was it. Um, so uh, th- that was cool. Um, so so there's no AirPlay on Roku. Correct. That that's an Apple thing. The thing you right. get with a Roku is a different selection of apps that are available. So the main reason I got the Roku boxes because they were one of the few set top boxes that supported Amazon Prime unlimited live streaming. Okay. So I'm an Amazon Prime member, and I get unlimited streaming of a subset of their television and movie offerings. Mm-hmm. And most other, most of the times, the only way to get to that is through a traditional browser, with the exception, at least right now, of the Roku, which does have an actual Amazon app that most of the Amazon apps out there for desktop boxes, or set-top boxes, rather, just support their pay-per-view Amazon service. And they didn't have a provision for the relatively recently introduced Amazon Prime Unlimited streaming. The Roku was the first to market with the one that supported the unlimited streaming. Unlimited streaming you get as as a Prime member, so I got that. That and the super portability of it. So when because it's the little hockey puck, and yeah, we just take it up to the woods when we go out of town, plug it in up there, and our content follows us. So the Netflix account, right. the Hulu Plus account, Amazon Unlimited Streaming, and Pandora are the, those are the primary things we use it for. So Amazon right. Unlimited Streaming, Netflix, uh, Hulu Plus, and Pandora. Right. So I mean, the, the big block for me is going to be the research that it takes to find out which of all of those apps and um, services that Roku um, gives you access to are available for one, or um, have changes to them or limited um, uh, content in Canada right. you're because in Canada. yeah we could be under different copyright laws and all that kind of stuff same same with Netflix well, um, I mean, so the, the, sor- the source of this conversation was the fact that they are that Roku is coming to Canada yeah well and that, and it's exciting for me I mean and I, and I I took a look and I, at first I was really excited because I thought well you know what depending on what it does even if it does a few things that are different than the Apple TV fifty bucks is a really low. Exactly. Kind of entry and there's no monthly fee. Out. Yeah. Um, and uh, the problem with that is um, I took a look on the Roku site and there's actually like four different models that you can get. And uh, the most appealing model is actually the $100 model, um, which I would assume would probably be about 110 120 in Canada. So it's the exact same price as the Apple TV. Uh, might be a little bit cheaper, but not by much um, because it has the Ethernet and a USB. Although there was no USB on the picture. It said that there was a USB connection. I've um, seen so the more the, expensive it, one down here, and I never remember seeing a USB. It might be underneath a little panel. Yeah, it's listed as a feature, uh, and it also says USB content has to be in MPEG-4 format. So from that, I, I'm guessing that if you had a USB external drive that had movies and content on it, 
digital versions that you had purchased, then you could then, as long as they were in the right format, you can then play them on the Roku, mm-hmm. um, which you can you can still do with an Apple TV, but it has to be, again, in the proper format, which I think is the same. I think MPEG-4 is basically what it has to be right. um, for these devices to, to use. And that probably has more to do with the video encoding and the video card and stuff in them than, than anything else. Um, but the um, with Roku, like I understand that Amazon... Uh, premium plus streaming, what was it called? Amazon Amazon Prime, Prime Unlimited Streaming. Yeah. Right. So that's a direct competitor to iTunes in terms of downloading and renting movies or downloading oh, yeah. and purchasing movies. Right. Um, but Netflix uh, and Hulu and those other streaming services where you just pay like your $7.99 a month or whatever it is for the streaming, they're not competing with with Apple. Are they? I, I would call them competitive. They're, they're, they're competing for our time and our eyeballs. Right. So I'm wondering why Hulu and some of those other things aren't available on the Apple TV. Apple moves now, in strange and interesting ways. Mm. I'm all, well, the other thing, too, is that I know that Hulu isn't available in Canada, period. So ah. maybe it's because I have a Canadian Apple TV. Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, they just they would just find out from my IP address. They would know where I am, and they just would it, it would change the... The content. So yeah, I just I'm curious about the Roku thing, and I thought that it might be something I, I could look into um, because I'm a cord cutter. Like I don't have a cable subscription, mm-hmm. um, and you can apparently do sports on the Roku as well, which you can on the Apple TV. But right now, it's only the NHL and the um, baseball. Um, whereas Roku, I think they had the NBA. I want to say there was golf too. There was more sports. Um, and I, it struck me as Roku having more of a pay-per-view option, right? Whereas, um, like for TV, because there's HBO Go and a lot of other things. Um, oh, what's the one from Sony? Crackle. Oh, I think so. Yeah, but that's free. Like I could. Yeah, Crackle is Crackle is a weird phone. one. I've, I've poked around with it yeah. a bit on the Roku. Yeah, uh, one of the my, my, one of my favorite things that's available on Crackle is the live action Tick series. Oh yes, with the uh, short short lived yeah. short lived Tick with uh, <laughs> Funny Patrick freaking Warburton as uh, the title character. So good. So Batman good. was he the guy that did the voice in the cartoons? No, no. Okay, different actor entirely. Very, yeah, very similar though. No, he does um, Brock Samson on Venture Brothers. Right. Right, right, right. And he did um, Kronk in Emperor's yes. Groove. Oh, yes. Yes. Highly underrated Disney film. Uh, I agree. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. Grew on um, but, but it did grow on me. Um, and I can tell you right now the number one reason why I didn't like it and my remaining problem with it is that I don't like... Is it David Spade? No. Is that his name? The uh, Saturday Night Live guy that did the voice right. for the main character. I can I see why you would confuse him with David Spade, but it was not David Spade. Um, I, I, I don't know, know what you mean. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, th- he drives me nuts. Like, I want to throw him off a short pier. See, to me, the movie's all about Kronk. Yes, well, and uh, and Yzma, the, the villain, she was really good, too. Eartha Kit, yeah. The, yeah. the dearly departed Eartha Kit. Uh, okay, moving on. I wanted to touch base on this one because my boy, Matt Groening, has what received... What is David Spade? What is David Spade? Really? Yep. Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. It blows my mind. 
Sorry, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I mean, <laughs> Eureka! Just Eureka! I found it! Uh, <laughs> my boy, Matt Granning, creator of Futurama. Oh, and that other show, so Samson's or something or other, uh, has received his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well-deserved, in my opinion. Uh, from contactmusic.com, Simpsons creator Matt Groening has been honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The same week, the 500th episode of the classic cartoon The Simpsons aired. Groening, who created Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, Maggie, and Maggie Simpson in the 1980s, was joined at the ceremony Tuesday the 14th by Hank Azaria, Nancy Cartwright, Yardley Smith, who voice several of the characters on the show. The screenwriter said at the unveiling, I want to thank Nancy Cartwright, who channeled a 10-year-old troubled boy the day I met her in 1987. And, there, and here's the secret about the show. Whenever we run into a spot of trouble, a moment of silence, we just throw in an off-screen voice of Bart Simpson saying, I caramba, and it fixes the joke. So congratulations to Matt Grenig. Um, I personally never really got into... Uh, Simpsons all that much. Even I, I, I understand that it's you know, supposed to be the the great American satire of our era, um, but I am a, a massive fan of uh, Futurama, which is his slightly lesser known creation, but one that was one of those Cinderella stories. Uh, was on for a few years, got canceled, and through the beauty of being an animated series was able to be completely revived and brought back on the air years later because people you draw don't age. And thankfully, <laughs> they were able to get the entire original uh, voice acting cast back on board and have continued on Comedy Central to this day, bringing us episodes of awesomeness in uh, all their glory. So, grats to Matt Grenig for his well-deserved uh, star on the Walk of Fame. How uh, how long has Futurama been back on the air now? Has it been two or three years? Uh, two. It's had two. Two, right on. two season, two new seasons. In addition yeah. to the quote seasons in between, which were the direct to DVD movies, oh, right. that did very well, right, right. which yeah. gave them their their bargaining point to say, "Hey, look how many DVDs we sold, and maybe you yeah. want to give us a series again." Same as Family Guy. Very similar. Yep. Yeah, which is on Netflix now, by the way. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I um I am not a Futurama fan in that. Oh, I must uh, hang up on you now. <laughs> I don't watch it religiously. When I have seen it, when I used to have cable, when it was on reruns, I always liked it, and I always thought it was funny. Same with The Simpsons. Whenever I was in the presence of an episode, I laughed. It was great. But I've never, ever gone out of my way to sit down at Sunday at whatever time to watch The Simpsons. Outside of, I think, the one or two years that I was in residence at university back in 2000, 1998, mm-hmm. um, because it was more fun with six or eight people um, around to do it. Right. Always it. Um, and it was easy in residence to get those people together to watch. Um, I feel like my roommates in, in 2000, 2001 probably watched as well, but I wasn't always around. Uh, I, I just, for whatever reason, I just, being an artist and an animator, I, I mean, I could appreciate the show. It was always funny. It was always edgy, but I just, I never really got into the whole style of everything. Um, as a Y family guy cracks me up, but I, I don't find it visually entertaining to right. watch. Like I could listen to a family guy 
uh, episode and probably get just as much out of it. I mean, minus obviously the visual jokes that they do, but I, it's just it, for me the um, the thing about the Simpsons I find is that I think it it, it might have hit its stride and is now kind of gone on too long. Do you know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. I've, I've tuned in every now and again lately, and I don't I don't feel like it's changed. I don't feel like it's cutting any new ground. Right. It's just um, I know a lot of itself. hardcore fans. Sorry. Repeating itself a bit. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of hardcore fans say that like, it's never been the same since Conan O'Brien left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would probably argue that the funnier episodes that I've seen were probably from that era. Um, but yeah, I just I don't find that it's it's doing anything new, you know. And uh, I've seen advertisements for other shows um, on other things that I watch that are like you know um, pre rolls for something online or whatever. And I don't have access to them because they're either U.S. cable channels or cable channels I don't have access to. And they look really funny. Like there's a, there's an animated spy show on FX Network. Archer. Yes, you must that watch looks, it. That looks hilarious. It and, I mean, is again. It's, it's limited, like it's limited animation. It's not meant to be fancy, but it looks really, really funny, but it looks new and it looks like it's not a sequel or a rehash or, cause I mean, like I remember when they came out with, um, was it American Dad that came out after Family Guy? And it was like cookie cutter. Yeah. You know, it's no. just, it's like, well, the no. American Dad and Cleveland show are, might as well be called Family Guy. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, and I, Again, these guys are all way more successful than I am at creating shows and making millions of dollars to them. So True, we can't fault them. Power to them. But I mean, for me, at one point, you kind of so. At what point do you look back on your career and say, "Yep, that's when I sold out." <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a formula that's working. So why would you not do it? But as a as a viewer, it does not grab my my particular. Now they are programming to the least common denominator. So if there are enough people who will tune in then it's a financial success they are business people that's what they're there to do is have financial success so they'll do it as long as people pay for it yeah and i I mean and i remind myself of of stuff like that whenever um i am feeling over excuse me overly critical of a comic strip or uh an animated property or whatever and uh as an artist you know like there's a certain amount of criteria that something has to hit before i'm I find that I'm interested in, and that's a part of me that I can't always turn off. Um, but you got to remember that I mean, 99% of the people that read a comic strip are not artists. You know, like same thing with with cartoons. I mean, most of the people that watch cartoons are not cartoonists or animators. It's just the general public. Right. So they either don't care out of ignorance or don't care because it's not important to them how the show looks and whether it's a cookie cutter. So, Indeed, indeed. Now, this brings us handily to break time. I've got a little Jonathan Colton queued up for you guys while we rest our voices and obtain coffee and cough drops. Uh, this is That Spells DNA, which is one of his more fun uh, songs off of... Ooh, I for- I've forgotten which album that's from. Damn me. I'll get that for you when I return. You are listening to a only slightly technically challenged episode of Alpha Geek Fridays, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Come to the site, click on the Shows tab, check out all the fine shows on the Versus the World Network. You will be glad that you did. Join the forum community, for it is full of awesome and amazing people who get their nerd on in a very public and fun way. We shall return right after this. 
This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions.
Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality of their high availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW. Hi, this is Len Peralta of Geek Week, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. Alpha Geek Fridays continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. And joining us via the miracle of Skype, local boy, Jonathan Simon. He runs a local geek community site that I will allow him to introduce to you. Jonathan, welcome to Alpha Geek Fridays. Uh, yeah, basically, lightning on and it's sort of a, it's all about Arizona's geek culture. It's really just a blog. It's just a standard old WordPress blog, but I, uh, I also keep a pretty up-to-date calendar of anything nerdy going on um, in the Valley and beyond. So if anybody feels like connecting with the geek culture around them, um, they've got kind of a home base. Now, before we go any further, I need to know the derivations of the name you chose for your site. Why Lightning Octopus? Um, interesting story. I was driving out in the desert one night when uh, you know, I was overcome with a vision of the octopus, um, who struck me with lightning and commanded me to create this site. True story. I knew it. Yeah. He, I woke up hours later as well. covered in ink. <laughs> he inked you. Oh, man, I feel left out. Cosmic ink. <laughs> no, honestly, um, I really was, a, it was kind of a quick fire idea. I wanted to just get it started. Um, and I was trying to think of something silly that people would remember right away. And I don't know why, but I thought that a lightning octopus would make a cool logo. And uh, that's that's the true lame story of how I came up with that name. Not lame at all, and it is indeed a nice icon. <laughs> I like the logo, actually. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, who did the design for that? Well, when I first did the blog, I did a quick one myself, and it was terrible. I had it for like, I don't know, I can't remember, uh, almost a year. And through the blog, I came in contact with a local designer named Eric Torres. And he also makes a local kind of a kind of a card role playing game called Iconica, and I really loved his really simple kind of icon uh, flat style. And he actually reached out to me and offered to do a logo for me, and I said yes a thousand times. And after a couple of iterations of it, uh, we we landed on this one, and I really do like it a lot. I've loved it. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, it's really yeah, straightforward. It- yeah, and it has, um, for me, it has kind of, uh, for the, our, our audio listeners, it has kind of a uh, circuit board slash octopus feel to it. Definitely, yeah. There's something kind of sci-fi-ish about it, and uh, he, he really kind of takes his trade seriously, and we talked about my brand, if you want to call it that, and kind of what my goals are, and he just really, in that simple little icon, he just threw in so many things, like kind of the, the three quadrants of arms representing the three different consolidate, centralize, and catalog Arizona ski culture, and, and just all million little things. I thought it was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on. My, my motivation for bringing you on is to encourage others 
in their own communities to undertake what you're undertaking here in my community. <coughs> Excuse me. Which is to provide that very local specific resource that I can go to to see what kind of nerdy things are going on this weekend. I love the, the, the summaries that you do each week of what geeky things are happening this weekend in the Arizona area. Now, you have the challenge because Arizona is freaking enormous, right. um, so there's no small undertaking there, but it's always a high likelihood that since I'm in the Phoenix metro area, which is one of the more major areas, I'm going to find something worth pursuing uh, if I've got the time each and every week. And I want to ask you a little bit about what was your motivation for wanting to do that and look for advice for anyone out there who wants to get started doing this same kind of uh, creating a central database for people to go to of what's happening in your community. How do you become a yeah. hub like that? Oh, wow. Well, uh, my original kind of the way I came up with it was I, you know, I'd grown up pretty much a dork, um, really big geek, but I was always kind of closeted about it. And I'd always wanted to go to a Comic-Con, almost ironically, like I just wanted to kind of go and people watch and, and uh, reconnect with you know, all the Nintendo and sci-fi that I read as a kid. So we wandered into the Phoenix Comic-Con a couple years ago, and I just, my wife and I just went there for one afternoon, and we just had so much fun, and I was like, you know, there's got to be way more than just this one big event going on in the Valley. So I decided to just do some poking around. And I don't know how long you followed my blog for, but if you look at it, I mean, it's there's literally five, six things going on every single weekend, uh, you know, if you know where to look. And so I just, over time, I've just sort of built up uh, um, my my Twitter feed is really specific on who I follow and and work with, and my I've I've built up a really good RSS feed um, list in my my Google Reader, and so my my tentacles, if you will, are, are spread out pretty far into Arizona's uh, geek culture and just culture in general. And anything, I see you know, what you did there. Yeah, you see that? And, uh, you know, anything that kind of, over time, like, my brain is just sort of trained to look for trigger words that would be interesting for my readers. And so if I see anything and I can't look at it right then, I'll star it. And, and it's just kind of worked into a really good system. If there's any events that I think would be interesting, I throw them in the Google Calendar right away. And then it's all there for me on, on Thursday morning to put up that post. When I see, I mean, last night we had a fairly major event. Were you able to attend? I know you intended to. The Geeks Night Out? Yes. Yes, I did. I took a, a niece and a nephew of mine. They spent almost the entire time in the game truck, of course. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize game truck was going to be there. <laughs> I, I had an awkward moment because uh, the kids were in there playing the Wii, and I was like, turned to the guy next to me, and I was like, oh, this is so lame. They could play the Wii at home whenever they want. And the guy's like, yeah, this is my truck. And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. No, he actually, yeah, he was, he was cool about it, though. He's like, like, no, it's okay. It's actually one of the challenges we kind of try to overcome in our in our business model. <laughs> so we laughed. Hopefully laughed it off. I felt super bad, though. Oh, yeah. God. Facepalm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's too bad there was no function of, of uh, a Wii that you could have, like, you know, eight or 12 people in a truck playing versus, you know, people don't normally have more than just one Wii console at home. Right. Right. You know, like, all playing at the same time, like, all playing Dance Dance Revolution or whatever whatever oh, is, is hot on the Wii. Something I really like about the, about the site is all the really cool stuff that you can do. I mean, there's conventions and gaming and costuming, costuming pardon me, uh, writing, art, and science. And it sounds like... Um, there's a real opportunity for um, family events in 
in Arizona in terms of um, geek culture and and what your blog is covering? Oh yeah, definitely. I um, I'm a family man. I've got three little kids, and so I'm definitely gravitate towards those as well. Uh, but but don't be fooled. I mean, there's plenty of more fringe activities going on in the valley as well. Right. Um, I try to keep the blog PG-13. It's sort of a personal, just sort of a personal thing. Yeah. Just make it a little more accessible for a lot of people. A lot of people have kids that they want to, you know, like the things that they liked growing up. And right. I'm, I'm totally welcome, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's really cool to see um, a collection of all these different... Um, not, I want to say walks of life, but probably professions and their interests and how, um, you know, you're going to be able to go to these events and possibly even, uh, network with other people that maybe are in your industry or, uh, an adjacent industry that are both into sci-fi or maybe you're both into steampunk, that kind of thing. And, uh, I, we have a couple of local events here in Halifax, uh, like Third Wednesdays and, and, uh, Twushi, which is a Twitter sushi meetup that uh, I have yet to attend, but I've heard it's a very it. good time. Yeah, well, and, it's, and what I like about them is that it's the same thing that you're going on here. It's like they're not, not only are they people that you follow online and are into this online geeky, nerdy culture, but they're people that you can shake hands with and have a beer or a coffee with in person and take all of that fun and interesting uh, um, world that you're into and take it offline. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of my f- absolute favorite things about running a local block is I get to meet people for one, and they get to tell me about what they're working on or what they're excited about, and building up an, a little bit of a network over the last year and a half, I can then turn around and say, you know, you should really talk to this guy, he's a, he's an expert on this, or you should talk to this guy over here who builds things that you that you need, or this guy does, you know, photography f- specifically for this kind of a thing, and uh, to kind of connect people. Um, who are here that they can, you know, just get in the car and go over and work with instead of doing everything over the internet. It's been really fun. Yeah, no, I'd imagine. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what uh, is this something you do full time for a living, or are you involved in like conventions and things, or what is it that uh, that you actually do? Oh no, this is that would be wonderful if this was a full time thing. This is something I do in my spare time. It's really a hobby right now. Um, it has no business model. I don't advertise or anything like that. So it's just it's just for fun and to try and give back and to try and build something. I mean, it has its perks when people offer you know me to come to things for free. I say I say great. And uh, yeah, there's a couple of creators who've done you know little prints or uh, I got a little robot octopus someone made for me and I and I say thanks. It's awesome. But uh, no, I have a full-time job. I've got a regular, boring spreadsheet, financial, pretty, pretty boring desk job. And then uh, mm-hmm. on the weekends, when I can, if we have a babysitter, or if it's something we can take the kids to, we try to get out as much as possible. And it's it's really been a blast. I, I, I try to describe it as, you know, before we started this thing, a typical weekend for us was either a mo- dinner and a movie if we could get out, or we just stay home and watch Netflix on the Apple TV. And and we've really tried to trade in as many of those, you know regular weekend nights for something really more interesting hanging out with ghostbusters and paranormal investigators and artists and you know people who create costumes that are just crazy detailed and just so many kind of fun experiences that we just weren't having before yeah no for sure so do you find um do you find that there's room on the blog for geeky local businesses um as a specific like landing spot because I know a lot of it seems to be hobby driven, but I'm just wondering if there's a section where there's actually a, a business place where people can have like a, a networking event where there might actually be some work changing hands. 
Um, you know, I've not I have not spearheaded anything like that specifically. I mean, I've done some spotlights on local businesses, mm-hmm. and I support them as much as I can, but I don't have anything specific business-driven, not yet. Oh, cool. I like the uh, the geek talent focus section you have of uh, you know teaching us what what resources and people we have locally that we might not otherwise be aware of. Yeah, uh, yeah. I need to be better at tagging those posts. I've gotten really lazy at at uh, <laughs> putting categories on my posts. Damn you! <laughs> I should probably uh, clean that up someday. Bah. Start adding relevant categories so that they're a little more current. As with all things, it's all about content 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 so the driver is always what's happening now what's happening now what's happening now what's happening now what have you done for me lately yes because we on the internet have an insatiable appetite we want it all we want it now we want it free (laughs) definitely but i'm not bitter uh for anyone out there in their community who are looking at lightning octopus right now that's lightningoctopus.com and saying hey my community badly needs one of these, and I think I'm the person to start it up. What uh, what advice would you give to someone you know, looking back at how you got to the location we are now? Um, you know, how to get something like that rolling for whatever size community you know they they want to have a home for for the geek in? Yeah, well, I would definitely say. Be patient and be committed because it really, it was kind of a slow start process. You know, when I first started it up, I just imagined, man, this is such a great idea. It's going to catch like wildfire. People are going to love it. And when people find out about it, they do love it. But word still travels slowly a little bit. Um, Some of the best things I've ever done really is to just keep at it and just be super consistent, you know, every single Thursday to have that post up and then anything else in between um, really kind of builds people's trust that this is a real thing that's actually growing. And then second, as you do your research around the community, find out, um, you know, really who is, I hate to use the word influential, but who's already established that you could probably reach out to and talk to about what you do and uh, maybe see if you can kind of partner up a little bit. I was really fortunate enough to have the Phoenix Comic Con reach out to me and ask if uh, I could blog for them. And so we have a really good kind of symbiotic, I talk about them, they talk about me relationship. And that's that's really kind of um, increased readership exponentially quite a bit. I think that's yeah, the, what, original, the original way we got connected with you was through Phoenix Comic Con. Because we do the audio coverage and the live streaming of the main hall there each year. And I think it was through my following of them that I became aware of you. Ain't the internet grand? Oh, Perfect. So, out of curiosity, as someone who's not uh, not from the area, what is the uh, attendee scale for the Phoenix Comic Con? Last year, I want to say it was about twenty three thousand. Wow! And um, I think they're unofficially shooting to add at least ten to that. Um, of course, they're hoping for more. So, I, I would say realistically, you can look at thir- at least thirty thousand this year. Yeah, it was um, impressive. It was quite the zoo last year. They moved from the older, smaller section of the Phoenix Convention Center to the newer, much larger uh, uh, the, the north, north building. North building, and yeah. we were we our cup overfloweth uh, with, yeah. with nerdy goodness. And I think they've they've annexed uh, about twenty percent more space this time around, and they're going uh, going forward and getting bigger. In a happy way. It's been, yeah, it's been pretty fun. I think a lot of people are seeing it as a bit of an alternative to the the San Diego Comic Con. Very much. So. I'm, I'm much. Uh, I've I've said before on the shows that uh, 
I enjoy attending Phoenix Comic Con much more than San Diego Comic Con now. Yeah, I've um, heard that a lot too. It's just it's it's what I used to go to San Diego for, um, and it's right here in my backyard, which is a total bonus. Um, yeah, I'm new to the to the con scene. Uh, Halcon, which is uh, the local Halifax sci-fi fantasy convention, uh, is now going into its third year coming up this fall. Um, I've actually been lucky enough to be uh, invited as the guest. So I'll be doing some signing and doing some workshops there, which is very cool. But um, nice. they are experiencing the same kind of growth, obviously on a much smaller scale because they're so new. Um, but it's amazing the local support and the local um, web that has arrived um, with just the single, you know, let's see if we can do this kind of mentality of Halcon their first year to them being just blown away by the community support and the community interest. So when you first started uh, Lightning Octopus, I mean, you obviously knew there was geeks around. You knew about the Phoenix Comic Con. Did Was it surprising to you how many people there were kind of coming out of the woodwork once you really started focusing and looking for them? Oh, yeah, it, it still does. It still just amazes me. Um, it's crazy. I, I would have, if you had asked me before I'd ever been to a Phoenix Comic Con, how many people would come out, and I was like, I would be like, I don't know, a couple hundred. Uh, but I mean, it's thousands of people. It's pretty amazing. And uh, events like that are, I think, they're kind of overcoming a lot of barriers that people originally have had. You know, I think a lot of people used to think of a a comic book convention as a bunch of, you know, older guys kind of standing around hunched over boxes of comic books and and uh, weirdos and Sailor Moon outfits and stuff, and, and you show up, and, you know, there's probably a little bit from both of those columns, but there's also just a lot of fun creators bringing what they have. There's a lot of fun uh, celebrities that come out to these things and that you can connect with, and they're a lot of fun. Mm, and very positive people for the most part, too. Yeah, it's. I mean, you can't get less judgmental than a Comic-Con. I mean, when you got people walking around and what they're wearing, like, it's just all in good fun. Well, it's, and the the observation you made there of all the creators, that's the part I love about something like a comic convention um, or just a, a sci-fi convention is you get to see on display all these examples of extreme creativity of wildly varying degrees from someone who's obviously put a ton of effort into you know the detail of a costume that they may be wearing or a replica they have created um, to someone who you're wondering you know, why they're not working for the effects division of LucasArts right. because they are that damn good at whatever it is they have constructed or are wearing. And there's, there's no limit to, and, and some of just the incredibly off the wall, um, the person, you know, with the walking around in the full size TARDIS costume right. they had created that they'd also designed to break down in less than two minutes and yeah. fit in, fit over their shoulder. And it was incredibly clever, totally nerdy and awesome in all kinds of in all kinds of ways. I mean in a lot of ways the, the maker movement, which is kind of showing up on mainstream radar more and more, kind of feeds into that whole uh, that whole level of creativity. And you get to see a lot of it on display. You mentioned earlier that when you when you first attended Phoenix Comic Con, you did it uh, from a people watching standpoint. There are fewer environments that are more target rich for people watching than a sci fi fantasy convention. It's awesome. Agreed. And I think that you're dead on with the maker community. Like with um, it's so cheesy to say with the internet, but I mean with the internet. Um, the whole DIY community has just exploded, and I really feel like there's a huge shift from, look what Hollywood is doing, and look what the TV networks are doing, to look what 
teenagers and college kids are making in their own basements, and they get to kind of bring it out to this community and, and show off exactly what they've done and what they've made and what they've filmed or what they've recorded or, or what they're wearing. And uh, these events are just awesome opportunities to just walk around and support each other and, and check out what each other are making. And, and even down to, like, wearing your nerdy, obscure T-shirt and just being able to sort of nod and high-five somebody who gets it. They're just so fun to get out to. Well, yeah, and you mentioned um, you know the college student thing, right? It's still on your front page, and actually the uh, teaser trailer is on the front page of, U- of VTW Productions right now. The uh, locally produced uh, Mass Effect fan film that the kids over at uh, UAT are filming. Did you actually go out on, on site on film day, it looks like, here? No, I wish. I found out about it after they were done filming. So oh. I found out about it during post-production, and they, they invited me to come check it out. And my wife does video and videography, so I thought it would be kind of fun for her to come check out their, their video suite. And it was, yeah, it was pretty fancy in there. It's kind of a, a, geek's, a tech geek's paradise at that campus. You, know, you can see the big green screen room they've got and kind of all the fancy rigs for, for video effects and stuff. It's pretty fun. Yeah, the UAT Digital Video, they're, they're award-winning. Um, they're, I think Fallout was their last big one that they did. They're, they've been playing around a lot with the green screening digital effects, and this time they scored uh, Mark Mir, the uh, voice actor for the male version of Commander Shepard in the Mass Effect series. Um, in fact, if you check out the Alpha Geek uh, Website subsection on Versus the World Radio, you will see an interview there that my lovely wife, Iolite, uh, conducted with Mr. Muir when he was in town for the shoot, and he actually was uh, nice enough to record some stings for us, so occasionally on Versus the World Radio, you'll hear, hi, this is Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. <laughs> like, that is so nice. totally cool. I love my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, a lot of fun. So they're having some fun creating that. Uh, I think it's called Red Sand, a, uh, a prequel fan fan movie for the uh, Mass Effect series, and that's happening right here in Tempe, in Arizona. Yep. Who knew? All right, Jonathan, thank you for taking time out of your busy morning to come join Absolutely. us. Uh, keep the faith, keep the fun stuff rolling. I uh, will be monitoring your progress with great glee, hoping for the planets to align for me to actually have some time available and perhaps some babysitting to actually go out and do some of these awesome things that you're posting on your website. <laughs> Let I hope the, so as well. Uh, give us the uh, shameless plug here, because on this show we are in fact all about shameless plugs. And so tell us where on the Internet that you can be found for all Arizona listeners who may be participating today. Sure. Well, the blog is just lightningoctopus.com. I'm on Twitter as Electric Octopi. And then on Facebook, just slash Lightning Octopus. See, isn't that great how, how Skype waits to artifact, waits the entire show, and waits until you're trying to put out the relevant information to start stuttering. God love it. Uh, so it's lightningoctopus.com, electric octopi on uh, Twitter, and facebook.com slash... Lightning octopus. Lightning octopus. Okay. See, because I actually couldn't make that one out. All right. Thank you no very much Thanks for, for joining us. Oh, looking forward to uh, seeing you, you seeing you at Phoenix Comic Con, if if not sooner. Yes, hopefully. I'll, uh, t- I'll touch base with you as we get closer to that, and uh, when we get in there ahead of time to do our prep, hopefully we'll uh, be able to meet before it gets completely insane, which it's it does after about oh two minutes. 
<laughs> Perfect. Well, don't be strangers. Absolutely not. Take care. Take it easy. All right. Hopefully, I was able to do that without hanging up on Joel. Joel, you're still with us from the exotic land of oh, Canada. I am still here, sir. I am a Skype god. Just in, in previous uh, versions where I didn't know what the hell I was doing, I would routinely be calling you back right now because I would have hung up on both of you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm feeling fairly yeah, good about, I've, fairly I've, good about I've, myself I've at this point. I've had an issue before. When I do the conference call for uh, the Sigil Cafe, I run into that all the time. Yes, indeed. All right, I want to cruise through the sheet here. There are a few other things. In... Where did that go? <laughs> yes. In the um, be careful what you do on the internet uh, column. <laughs> Let me link this through to Lorana so we can share it with you guys. So this is from uh, CBS Local, or, or this is the Dallas-Fort Worth, so dfw.cbslocal.com. Call of Duty game leads to prank Louisville 911 call. A gun battle on a video game turned into guns drawn in a Louisville neighborhood Monday. A family had to face down a police SWAT team for what police say was a hoax delivered through a video game system. A teenage boy whose parents asked that he not be named was playing Call of Duty Black Ops. He had joined friends playing online on the Xbox 360. In the game, players can talk to each other using headsets. In between games, in a chat room, the boy said a voice suddenly chimed in that he says he did not recognize. Some dude just popped out of nowhere and basically said, he's going to hack me and he's going to get my information and call SWAT teams over to my front yard. The teen ignored it and continued playing. About 20 minutes later, Louisville received a call from an operator with the AT&T Instant Message Relay Service. This system is designed to allow hearing-impaired users to reach someone with a standard telephone. The operator said they had received a message that a person was shot and that someone was still inside the house shooting. The teen said it was his parents who first noticed men outside with real guns and someone with a bullhorn calling their son's name. We were all scared out of our minds, he said. We didn't understand why they were here. They thought that some, <laughs> we thought that there was some strange dude running around our house, hiding behind the boat. We didn't know. We didn't expect nothing. <sighs> what I'm curious about is, how did the, more, uh, the scary person, the random person on Xbox Live, get this person's address that easily? Unless it was someone who already knew them. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was possibly another teen uh, causing ruckus. And it, I mean, if I was this kid, I probably would have done the same thing. I would have just viewed the guy, you know, talking smack talk uh, right. as a troll and ignored him. That's Not what you do, trolls. That he could actually actually do that. But, um, in, and actually, <clears throat> one of the, uh, the Sizzle Cafe episodes we did a little while ago, uh, Peyton's neighbors were uh, burglarized. And they are pretty sure that it was uh, high school kids right. that came in because they knew that the family was away because the kids who were on Facebook mm-hmm. were messaging and, and posting about how good a time they were having away in Florida. Right. And, uh, you know, I would be, I was wondering, you know, if the guy has his address available uh, online on his Facebook page, uh, or maybe some other other gaming website or some other community that he takes part of, 
um, whether or not he was actually hacked on Xbox Live or whether he was hacked via another means. Uh, the rest of it seems pretty straightforward. You know, like it's basically a geeky kid that knows that you can use these systems that are in place for hearing impaired to right. um, mask. You know, mask your IP or mask your, well, obviously your voice isn't involved. Um, to hide your identity, to then call SWAT team down on somebody else's house. Um, I don't know how advanced the investigation might be on the ass end of it, though. I'd be curious to see if there's a follow-up story where, like, yeah, we found the you know little you know disturber across uh, you know the county, and he's in jail this. now. Oh, they caught him. No, I'm, I'm saying I'm hoping to hear that that Sunday we we caught this guy and he's in jail now. Well, yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I, I know that a trained SWAT team would be obviously able to discern real gunfire from video game gunfire, but, I mean, it would be kind of scary for the situation when you've got a SWAT team approaching a house where there's suspect of gunfire, somebody firing an automatic weapon over a surround sound system, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the parents aren't home, so he's got it cranked, you know, just for fun right. and stuff like that. Like, I, you could see an accident happening really, really easily. So um, I, I imagine it must have been a really scary experience for the family. I wouldn't want to go down that road. No. Yeah. So don't prank call 911, kids. <laughs> Not funny. Yeah, really. Yeah, some people just don't don't learn, you know? Kids these days. Oh, man, I'm old. Yeah, well, I mean, it brings cyberbullying to a whole different level. A uh, no, whole new level of stupidity, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean... That's I mean I mean people always say oh it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt but I mean in that case I mean someone could have easily been hurt. It's all fun and games until someone gets headshot. <laughs> yeah, really though. Not cool. I don't want to be on brain and skull detail. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, I believe that wraps us up for this lovely Friday morning. The beginning of the weekend beckons. I can just see it coming over the workday horizon. I will get there soon, and you're there actually sooner than I. You, you further east than me, bastard. You. Yes, it is currently twelve thirty here. Lunchtime. Yes, you're gonna break for a lovely lunch. I'm gonna go do my first job of the day. Oh, I do. Well, I've got I've got meetings and stuff this afternoon actually, so I'm gonna have a if I if I get lunch, it will be a very short one. So it's not really a lunch break. Oh, bliss. You have been listening to Alpha Geek Fridays live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you are a podcast listener and wish to become involved with the show, please direct your emails to Fridays at alphageekradio.com. That's Fridays, plural, with an S, at alphageekradio.com. You can also find us via the various social media methods of your choosing. We are on the Facebook. We are on the Twitter. We're on the Google+, Plus, even though it doesn't really work properly yet. Any of those methods are fine and dandy for figuring out when shows are posted, when we're going live, what kind of fun stuff is being put out there for your enjoyment and consumption. Joel, what pimping out of fun stuff do you got going on for this week? Well, uh, if you're into comics, you can go check out StarCrossedOnline.com, which is my weekly webcomic. I post a new strip every Monday. It's uh, usually about dating and, and online dating, but I, I have a lot of geek culture that I like to throw in there. Currently, I'm on a bit of a Star Wars kick, so I've been making some jokes about the dark side and the dark roast. 
Uh, my characters like to frequent cafes. And uh, through StarCrossedOnline.com, you can also find a lot of the other podcasts that I'm uh, currently partaking in, including the Citadel Cafe, which is a show not unlike this one. It is uh, an evening show on Wednesdays at 7.30 Eastern, where myself, Chad, and Peyton, two of my best friends, talk about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment. So if you're into that sort of realm, come join us. Uh, we have a live chat room, and we do a live stream, and we would be more than happy to... Uh, include you in the show. So, uh, yeah, that's that's it. StarCrossedOnline.com for just about everything I'm up to online. And for my part, you can always find me on the forums at Versus the World Productions, VTWProductions.com. Also, Sundays, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, let's see. Uh, that'd be one, uh, one Pacific these days. Those That wacky, crazy moon time daylight saving thing that the rest of the country seems to do, but Arizona does not. Uh, we have my other show, Casually Hardcore, along with a mixture of other people, including Daxa, Grail, Gwenora, and my loving wife, Iolite. And who you get on any given week is a complete crapshoot, depending on schedules. That's why we have so damn many hosts, because we'll at least get two at any given moment. Yes, Casually Hardcore, getting our geek on. If you are a fellow 40-something geek out there, you will likely find something to your liking uh, Sunday afternoons, 4 p.m. Eastern, live on vtwproductions.com, or pick up the podcast, just come to VTW Productions, click on the Shows tab, choose Casually Hardcore. The entire archive is there, and in fact, this weekend for us is show number 200. So we may actually go a little long this week, seeing as well, the congrats. show... Thank you. The uh, show that normally follows us up, The Emperor's Court, is on hiatus for a bit more here, so we've got some space after our show, so we may stay on the air a little longer than usual and take even more calls. A big part of what we do on Sundays with Casual Hardcore is uh, Skype calls from the listener base, and we've been having just a fantastic time with that since we started it a few months ago. Uh, so we'll usually do a listener call-in topic that we announce at the top of the show. We may go a little more freeform this time since it's our uh, celebratory uh, I guess it'd be a bicentennial uh, anniversary of our show, our 200th show of Casually Hardcore. Booyah! I would go. I would go with 200th. That would be more of a 200. You you don't you don't like you don't, you're not bi. You don't like bi. No, no, no. As we t- talked about at the beginning of the show, the door swings one way. He's dead, Butch. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies, <laughs> form an orderly queue for our man from Canada. Joel Duggan. Joel, thanks for joining me this week. Hopefully, uh, next week's going to be a little weird. Um, watch the uh, the Alpha Geek page, uh, o-, o Podcast Listener Base and Live Listener Base, for an announcement as to whether or not we're actually going to have a show that one. I'm, I've got some travel happening, though my entire broadcast rig is going with me. It's all a matter of when stuff arrives and when I'm expected to work. I'm going off to work IT on the TED conference in uh, California. And timing may be a little weird. So we may wind up doing a pre-record or something strange like that. Haven't had time to work out the details. So go to vtwproductions.com under the shows tab under Alpha Geek. And I will post the announcement there as to what the heck we decide to do with next week. Thank you for listening. I have been Todd. That has been Joel. And we are out of here. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass!